the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Some of you will be sitting there thinking, saying, I hope he preaches on the Old Testament. I must admit I was tempted to preach out of that. But um, you'll notice that uh, when I preach, it's always the gospel. It has been for probably about 15 years now. And the reason for that is I just think that um, we've got to keep the main thing, the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus. And that's what the gospels are about. And while I love Paul, not as dearly as I used to, but I still love him, um, one of the challenges is um, with him that Sometimes what he says and what Jesus says, they don't, I have trouble lining those up. So you're getting the gospel still, even though it's a challenging gospel. Okay, so today's gospel packs a lot into 18, 18 or so verses. Jesus' teaching in this gospel reading is really blunt. All right? Jesus says, following me comes at a cost, a really high cost. And Jesus then uses two comparison parables that illustrate the necessity for deliberate and sustained preparation when you're getting ready to do something that requires such a high cost, building a tower or going to war. And both of those examples start with, for which of you and, or what king? So they put us in the place of those decision makers in both those projects and they're rhetorical right the answer for both of them is obvious no one and no king in their right mind would dream of taking on such a huge commitment without preparing and without at first counting the cost And then it gets to verse 33, and Jesus is wrapping up this teaching. You know, preachers say, sometimes I'm bringing this into land, and that's what Jesus is doing here. He's coming into land, and he goes, therefore, all right, therefore, and he's pointing us back in our minds to all these heads so far, it's summarizing, it goes, so therefore, he's basically saying, like builders, just like builders don't start a tower until they know they can complete it, and just so that, you know, just like generals don't start battles until they know they can win, none of you can be my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. Sorry, there's no way to explain that bit away. It seems so hard. But remember, Jesus is talking about being a disciple. He's talking about discipleship, the action of being a disciple. And being a disciple is not a moment in time. Being a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, is an ongoing process. Just like in the Gospels, when he calls the first disciples, they answer the call and there's this ongoing process, right? All the way out through Easter, out the back through Pentecost to the Ascension, into the book of Acts and into stained glass windows, right? That's how that works. It's a process. So following Jesus is a process. It's ongoing. The work of reorientation of our lives, the work 
of putting aside those things that impede our ability to follow Jesus is ongoing. Disciple and discipline both come from the same Latin root, discipulus, which means pupil or student or follower. And one of the dictionary definitions I read for discipline was training that corrects, moulds or perfects. Discipline, training that perfects. One of the primary functions of the church, so much of what we do when we are here together, is an attempt to instill in us the disciplines necessary to be followers of Jesus. Training requires repetition for us to habitualise what it is we're trying to learn together. Being at church on Sunday, well done, is a spiritual discipline. You being here has made God the priority in your life this Sunday morning. Well done. When we give of our time or of our money, that too is a spiritual discipline because we are giving those things to God instead of giving them to all the other things we could give them to. Now, a sermon in the Anglican tradition with its idol of about 20 minutes max. A sermon is not the place to explain the spiritual disciplines, right? Um, Richard Foster, I pulled this down the other day, Richard Foster in his classic book, The Celebration of Discipline, which I must admit I hadn't looked at for a very long time, apparently over 2 million copies of this book have sold. It's a, it's a classic uh, in modern spirituality. The Celebration of Discipline, in that book he defines the um, spiritual disciplines in this way, and it's as good a way as any. You can go Google it, and you'll see lots of other ways, but this is as good a way. His will be at the top somewhere. Um, he defines the spiritual disciplines as there are inward disciplines, right, which are prayer, fasting, meditation, and study. There are outward disciplines, which are simplicity, solitude, submission, and service. And then there are the corporate disciplines of confession, worship, guidance and celebration so there you go there's a set and you do bits of those I hope all of you at different times and if you've never heard of some of those you need to google it but in the context of our gospel reading this morning we need to understand that cultivating the disciplines the things we need to do to move our relationship with God to the center of our lives is difficult it's hard work. It's hard work to do, and it's even harder work to finish. In this reading, Jesus is warning the crowd that following him will cost them. What he's saying is everything else must come second. And when we hear in our minds now about sacrificing possessions, we think about material comforts, right? That's why we all give up, like, pickled kumquats for Lent and stuff like that. We're thinking about, we're out here on the periphery, right? But it's more. Jesus is calling for more in this challenging reading. He's talking about more than sacrificing comfort. He's talking about relationships. He's talking about community. Jesus is saying that 
anything or anyone in your life that comes before your relationship with God is an obstacle to discipleship. It's an impediment to your ability to follow me. Now, I don't want you to hear this as a binary thing. Jesus is not saying you can't have other things. He's not talking about what's in your life. He's talking about the order of things in your life, the order of preference, right? Jesus is calling us figuratively, as outrageous as this is, it's outrageous because it's figurative. He's illustrating the cost of what it is to radically reorientate your life Right? Radically change its focus away from all the things a life normally centers on. So the call is as challenging now as it was to the people that Jesus spoke to. Take the focus of your life away from all the things that your life normally centers on and focus it, refocus it on God. He's talking about a reordering, a life focused on God. And Jesus tells us, seems to be telling us, that a careful builder doesn't break ground until she has double-checked the architectural drawings and put together a budget with plenty of contingency to manage cost overruns. And that a general doesn't fight a battle unless he knows with certainty that it can be won. But we all know that in life, Battles can go badly, and so can building projects. That's the reality. Being a disciple, following Jesus is costly. And you can't comfortably plan your way into that sort of radical realignment that we are being called into in this reading. It just doesn't happen that way. You can do enough to make you feel good, but at some point you've just got to step off, right? You can't mitigate the cost of discipleship with budgets, spreadsheets, and a good project management plan. But you know what? I try to do that every day anyway. It's in my head all the time. We need to be the church in, of, and for Te Aro. We need to keep ministering to the poor. We need to speak truth to power. We need to be speaking out against injustice. We need to balance the budget. We need to restore the church. We need to change the trust deed. There are so many competing needs, and always, always there is a trading off of what we can do and what we can't. Now, as a priest, I've learned so much. I've learned about building projects. I've learned about heritage reports. I know the cost in 2009 of Rimu Tungan Groove from the West Coast. Lineal meters, about 240 bucks. It's beautiful, though. I know about the providence and the cost of getting an oak floor from Poland. It's over there. About asbestos. About sewage. 
about the Anglican Trusts Act of 1984, about trust deeds in general, about drafting bills to Parliament. That's new. I've had to learn about budgets. I know about audiovisual equipment. All that stuff, all that operational administrative stuff that comes across your desk in 25 years of being involved in parish life. And when I consider that, it always the next thing I think about is that how none of the two bursts of seminary training I've had in my life focused any course time at all on facilities management. There were no courses on health and safety compliance. There were no courses on management. For some unknown reason, those academic spiritual institutions only taught Bible, systematic theology, moral theology, liturgical theology, church history, homiletics, pastoral theology, and probably some other ologies that I no longer remember. And when I used to think that, I used to think, my gosh, that training was deficient. But actually, in the light of today's gospel, I'm changing how I'm thinking about that. You know, all that operational stuff is important. We do need to worry about money and buildings. But only in the context of following Jesus. And what ruins me, what runs me down, is when the problems and all those competing priorities get so big that the point of all those things, following Jesus... is obscured to me. All those things are there, like a wall. But you know, Bible, systematic theology, moral theology, liturgical theology, church history, homiletics, pastoral care, spiritual disciplines, morning prayer, all those things, being here with you, you see, those are the raw materials that the spiritual disciplines use to keep this Jesus from being obscured by towers and by battles. Because that's what will happen. If you don't have the disciplines and you don't have the raw materials, Jesus will be obscured. And what will be front and centre for you will be towers and battles. Now there is no way to cut the cost of following Jesus. But there are ways to share the journey with others. And there are disciplines that make finding your way on that journey easier. That's why we come together. Church is where we learn. Church is where we are reminded and encouraged. Church is where each one of us has the responsibility to be a teacher and an encourager to those that we journey with. Church is where we practice the disciplines that stop Jesus being obscured in our lives and in our priorities. St. Peter's is in a period 
where we will need to encourage, where we will need to persevere. The issues that we looked at in our parish forum a few, year, a few weeks ago now will require us all once again to examine the cost of what it is to follow Jesus in this place. But as we work through all those things, we know that being a disciple of Christ is not a moment in time. Being a disciple is an ongoing process and the ongoing work of reorientating our lives, the ongoing work of putting aside those things that are impeding our ability to follow Jesus in this place is just that. It is ongoing. So I want to finish by thanking those amongst us who are working so hard on the joint working group between Vestry and the Trust Board. I want to thank the people that are working hard on the Endowment Trust um, to get that bill through Parliament. We want to thank, I want to thank the Vestry for all their work. I want to thank the Development Committee for the things that they are doing. I want to thank our new Finance and Risk Committee. None of those things scream Bible or systematic theology, but gosh, we need you. And we need the work that you're doing because out of those efforts of your those efforts that those people are doing on our behalf, we will know what we need to know. And we will ha- we will know what we need to do. So for those of you working in that space, thank you. Keep up the good work. We hear and we understand Jesus' words about the cost and we are ready to hear what we need to hear and to know what we need to do. Amen.